The show's about to start. Are you ready? helps if I turn the camera on. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, Jeff Trenable. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of Hood Nation. And we're straight out of Cincy. See my shirt. Straight out of Cincy, baby. Now, do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. We are rolling. Let's keep it going. More likes, more subscriptions. If you're watching and you haven't subscribed yet, please do me a favor. Go to the YouTube channel, Sports with Strawberry Ice. See the word subscribe, make it change colors, and hit the bell for notification. And every time I go live, you'll be notified. Now, this show and every show is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys. How frustrating is it to watch the Reds right now? I'm still. With them, I still believe they are a playoff team, but they lost last night four to two. Luis Castillo looked like he was back five innings, 11 Ks, and they still lost. He had one basically one bad inning. He gave up a three run homer. He got wiggled out of wiggled out of a couple of different jams, and we just couldn't put enough offense to beat the Giants. They're back at it again tonight at 640. Kuzman for the Giants, three and zero with a 1.84 ERA. Wade Miley, thank God for Wade Miley. Four and three with a 3.69 ERA. Just, just think how bad this would be if Wade Miley wasn't having the year he's having. We are the Reds are one and five in Sunny Gray starts and Luis Castillo starts. Wade Miley's four and three. I mean, I, I, beginning of the year, I'm like, I don't even know if he's going to be in the rotation. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> I'm glad he's in the rotation. He has been a godsend. He's been the most consistent starting pitcher we've had. Now, this is what irritates me. I kind of want to go on a little soapbox here. If this is Reds front office, I think you guys know me. I'm always optimistic, and I still am optimistic about this team. I think they're a playoff team. I don't necessarily know if they're a World Series team or not. But Reds front office, all you had to do 
was fix the shortstop position. Just there were guys out there you could have gotten. And you sign this go back. I think they signed for two million bucks. And you get a little bit of help in the bullpen. We go from a team that's on the verge of making the playoffs to a team that has a shot of going to the World Series. And it wouldn't have cost you that much money to do it. It's not like you're not making any freaking money. Even with the pandemic and no fans in the stands last year, no NFL or no major baseball team is in the red. So I don't understand why they didn't do anything. And I haven't really talked about I didn't talk about talk about them in the offseason because there wasn't anything to talk about. They didn't do anything. So it's more of just irritating to me. And then we got off to this great start. And we were out hitting everybody, which is what the team is built to do. But you can't do that every single game. You know, they're pl- they're playing great. They're playing as best they can. They're, they're, they're calling themselves the Red Dogs. Just nobody believes in them. I still believe in them. I'm just irritated that the front office has got this good of a team. And all they had to do is just a little bit. And we could have been a really good team. Now, hopefully, that the front office is looking to try to make a big trade or something, get a shortstop, get some bullpen help, fix this infield defense because it's atrocious. Do something. It's really hard during the season to do that, but it's now or never. You know, they, they are, like I said, they keep the peekaboo at 500. They, you have a chance to get to the playoffs. And if you tweak this a little bit, you guys have to go pretty far. And I hope the Reds will do that. But who knows? We'll find out. This is the Reds' starting lineup for today. You got Jesse Winker in left, the Cassianos in right, Gino Suarez at third, Tyler Stevenson at first, Tucker Barnhart catching, Kyle Farmer at short, Shogo in center, and Jonathan Indy second, Wade Miley pitching. So that brings me to our guest today. And if you guys are on Twitter, which I assume most of you guys are on Twitter, he's a great uh, follow on Twitter. He breaks down a lot of film, film studies and stuff like that for the Bengals and and other teams like that, and he's none other than Sands. He goes by Bengal Sands. Sands, what's going on, man? Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Welcome to the show. Excited to have you on here. Yeah, I'm excited to be on. So are you, uh, are you as tired? Maybe we're, I don't want to say Twitter battle. It was a conversation on Twitter earlier today about the narrative that ESPN came out yesterday because we all know that they came out and Joey Burrows going to be back. Game one. And they got on the band, bandwagon again saying that we didn't do enough for the offensive line. You know, we didn't do this. And my my argument to this is Chase helps Burrow and protects him as much as getting an offensive lineman does. Because you can spread the ball out. He can get the ball out quicker. And they drafted three offensive linemen. Two, or at least one of them is going to start. I think uh, Smith eventually could be a starter for us, but I don't know what you were doing some pretty good stuff about that on Twitter this afternoon. What, what do you got on that? Yeah. So I'm with you that I think chase is going to help burrow more than the national media has been saying that he will. <clears throat> Honestly, I kind of expected this just because it's a lot of, we didn't do what the media wanted. The media wanted us to take right. Sewell. If we didn't take Sewell. They wanted us to take Tevin Jenkins in round two. We did neither mm-hmm. one of those things. Yep. So they're going to complain because we didn't go about it the way they would have. It's not like that the media has always been right. If I remember correctly, I think it was either ESPN or Sports Illustrated that gave the Colts a D minus, which is basically an F because they don't give anybody Fs, for taking <laughs> right. Quentin Nelson, Darius Leonard, and Braden Smith. 
those three players are all near. Quentin Nelson's probably the best guard in football, at least top three. And Darius Leonard's probably a top five linebacker. So right. it's not like they always know what they're talking about. And then going from there, we just did a bunch of things that weren't sexy. You know, we didn't sign Joe Thune. Instead, we played it uh, safer and cheaper, and we signed Riley Reef. We didn't draft an offensive tackle at five. Like I said, we drafted a guard, maybe tackle in the future at 30. Uh, well, we traded down. I don't remember the pick number, but in round two. Yeah. So we did all these things that were – they weren't like loud booms about like we're going to fix this offensive line. It's like, no, we're going to fix the offensive line and stay smart about it while yeah. with our resources. But the thing is, I mean, it's and, and, and they always want to just skip by that we signed Riley Reef. Yes, he's 33 year, years old, but I think he gave – was it one sack or zero sacks last year with Minnesota? Either, either way, it's better than what we had last year. So – you have a, a new starting right tackle. You're going to have a new starting guard. You, you're going to have a, a battle for the other guard for your two best guards on the team last year between Serafina and Spain. Trey Hopkins hopefully will be back game one. If not, you got Billy Price, who I think is actually going to benefit the most from Frank Pollock being here. And then you got Jonah Williams. So Jonah Williams, I, I like Jonah Williams. I know people say he's injury prone or whatever, but – Last year, I really do think if they were in a playoff run, he would have came back. They shut him down to to save him. But if you look at the offensive line, it's going to start in 2021 compared to the one that started in 2020. It's not even close. I mean, it's it's a lot better and a lot different. So that's where I get irritated. Like, well, they didn't do anything. They did. And where they say they neglected neglected the offensive line is also false. Look at the the draft picks in the last five years since Whitworth has left. The guys they've swung and miss on. I mean, they've tried. So, I mean, it just hasn't worked out for the Bengals. But this year, I think they got it right. I uh, I agree that this year, I think I think what we really did was we raised our floor. This offensive line shouldn't be terrible. Like, it has been for years. But uh, I also think it doesn't really have the chance, a, a good chance at becoming like a great or elite offensive line because we don't have that many great or elite players on the offensive line. It's not, that's where it's somebody like Penny Sewell or Joe Tooney could help you get there. But really a lot of people have said like, you only really need a pretty good offensive line to an right. average offensive line, especially mm -hmm. when you have chase Boyd and Higgins. So exactly we're doing it. We're, we're building this team with the weapons and then making sure we don't have a liability, which it's fine. That's that's one way to build a team. You don't need to have an elite offensive line to build a team and make a great offense. Yeah, the thing is, and the other thing I want to put up too is, if let's just say if the Bengals drafted Sewell, then they don't have Chase. And to me, Chase is a bigger impact as far as every aspect of the offense. I mean, he gets that deep ball that we were that Joe is lacking last year. He he spreads it out so. You cannot double-team anybody. I mean, I had uh, Matt Michigan on here on Monday, and he was talking about potentially going five wide. And, and if the Bengals can go five wide with mixed and, and all guys, who are you going to cover? You're, you're going to find – Joe's going to find a matchup really quickly that he can beat you on. I mean, it could get to the point where, like, Joe had an LSU. He would come up to the line of scrimmage, and he knew it was a touchdown before the play – they even snapped the ball. So I'm not saying it's going to happen game one, but toward the end of the year, yeah, it's. I think it's going to be like that. And um, 
I can't remember who uh, was on ESPN. The guy, um, who, the center for the Colts, I uh, cannot remember his Jeff name. Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday, thank you. He was on there saying, well, you know, they're going to blitz Burrow, and they're going to make sure they test that knee, see if he can move around. Well, of course they are. They're going to do that anyway. I mean, <laughs> that's not a that's that's nothing that's surprising. Oh, my God, really? An NFL team is going to blitz a guy who came from a knee? Of course they are. They'd do that if we had pay soul. That's not any different. That's where I'm just kind of like, you guys keep bringing like, please do some homework. You know, look at what they actually did and, and look what the potential they had compared to the potential they would have had if they drafted Panay Sewell. He's only one guy. And to me, if you're comparing one guy to one guy, Jamar Chase is a bigger impact player than Penny Sewell is. I just think he is. I think if they both reach their potential, I think you're correct uh, on that because I just think if Chase is like A.J. Green, then that means the defense not only is like about single coverage, they're going to actually – they're going to probably have to shift the coverage. And the mm-hmm. Dean Pease talked about this before when he played against A.J. Green, and A.J. Green toasted him. <laughs> He's a great <laughs> right. coordinator. But he would have to set the coverage and the front because of A.J. Green. He'd have to set the, right. the front away from him and the coverage to him. That's the uh, that's what an elite wide receiver really does. Like, and it's not as often as you think. It's not like I don't think like Amari Cooper causes that. I don't want Cowboys fans coming after me. But <laughs> like the top three or four wide receivers in the league, they do that. And Chase yes. has that potential to be that good. So if he reaches that potential, yeah, I completely agree. It's more valuable than Sewell reaching like Trent Williams level potential, which right. is still still it's awesome. still great. I, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not downgrading Sewell at all. I'm just saying the the. the Chase is just a game changer. And the, the other thing that we're gonna I'm looking forward to seeing is Joe Mixon looks like he's gonna be out there on, on all downs, uh, on third downs and everything. And the knock on him is he can't block. And I tweeted this out earlier today. I found somebody I sent this to, but I, I gotta I gotta play this video here real quick that I think he can block. Now I know it's against a current Bengal, but he was a squealer at the time, so bear with me. Looks like a pretty good block to me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what do you think? Good. Yeah, he's never been shy of contact. I think that's what you're really scared of when you get a an elite running back like him is that you've got a guy who's like, I don't want to block. No, Joe wants to block. Yeah. The problem, the only problem he's had is just like if it's a complex blitz or something, or they show one thing and bring something the other side, he hasn't been as good as like Geo has about seeing that and picking it up. Right. So and just, that's just the thing with experience and time. Geo wasn't a lead at it in 2013, just like uh, Mixon wasn't last year or two years before. And he's been getting better every year at doing that. So yeah, that one thing is they had, they didn't need him to do it. They had Geo. Geo is so good. At it. That's why, you know, and the only way you're, you're going to get better at something is by doing it. Uh, Jennifer in here uh, says uh, she's the queen of Houdé Nation. I like to put that out there. <laughs> Joe has uh, was sacked 32 times last season. The new starting five linemen accounted for just five of those sacks. Add Frank Pollock to that as well. That's an improved O-line to me. I, I agree with her. And I, I, we keep talking about Frank Pollock, Frank Pollock and everything, but that is a big deal. I mean, th- there are people out there that think Frank Pollock is an elite offensive head co- or offensive line coach. And I, I don't know if he's elite, but I believe he's way better than, than uh, Jim Turner was last year. Jim Turner, I think, was the worst offensive line coach the Bengals have ever had in their history. I think there might be some high school offensive line coaches. <laughs> <that are kind of laughs> right. I know. I mean, 
And I keep I keep hearing about that, that Turner kept telling him to do the two-hand punch. And Willie Anderson's come out and said, he goes, that's easy to defend. You just take one hand and you knock them both down. And then you got your other hand to get around them. He's, and so and Frank Pollock is a big independent hand, hand guy. So I think that's going to – obviously, I, I, I think that's going to help. And I don't that, – that's – to me, that could be – and I've said this on the show before. I think hiring Frank Pollock could be the biggest move of this offseason. Yeah, uh, definitely agree. I was so happy. I remember I said something like, I don't think Frank's going to come back here, so I'm not even counting him. The other offensive line coaches I'm into are (laughs) – and then (laughs) I started getting quote tweeted or somebody started liking it. I was like, what happened? I was like, oh, my God, we got Frank Pollock? Yeah. We're going to have to get, like, uh, somebody else who less experienced or something. I think Frank – it depends on what you mean by elite, because if you mean just, like, Mike Munchak and – Aaron Cromer as a lead. Mike, Mike checks a hair puller. I know. I, I don't like the guy. I, I've always been anti-Munchak because of that thing with Reggie Nelson. Yeah, that, just, that pissed me off so much. Oh, dude, that, that's so bushly. Give me a break. Yeah, we'll pull yeah. your hair. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Regardless of that, he is an elite offensive line coach. So yeah. if I think of just that, like the top two, maybe Bill Callahan that makes like three, Mm -hmm. those guys as elite, he's the next tier, which is still very, very good. It's like having, I don't, um, yeah, I can't think of an example right now. I guess like having Kyle Shanahan instead of Bill Belichick. Yeah. You're not upset about it. No, no, no. I'd be, I'd be happy with you. And I'm extremely happy with uh, Frank Pollitt. Now, uh, William House has a question in here. He said, do you think we should go after Morgan Moss uh, offensive tackle from Washington? Honestly, I'm not familiar with him. So, do you are are you Sands? Uh, yeah, he's he's about Riley Reef level. So it depends on. I think this is actually something that, in theory, like on paper, this could work. But yeah. I think I think Riley Reef has he's a human being. He has an yeah. ego. He thinks he's playing tackle. Yeah. So bringing Moses in, who's who's a human being, has an ego, thinks he's <laughs> playing tackle. Yeah. He's moving one to guard. So or one's gonna have to play backup. So I think I think he's just. He's at the level that he's too good to be the backup, but he's not good enough to try to, to like make Riley Reef upset or anything. Right. Oh, I, I got a I got a superstar in the chat, Jake. Let's go. What's going on from Locked On Bengals? <laughs> if you guys have not listened to Locked On Bengals, make sure you check them out. Let's do them every single day. All right. What's what question do you have? What flavor of milk is your favorite, and why isn't it strawberry? <laughs> uh, my favorite uh, flavor of milk is chocolate. I love chocolate milk. I don't know what you Sands. <laughs> I, I see that he's taken uh, the non-US flavor spelling, so I don't know if he's adopted that. But uh, yeah, I'm also a chocolate guy. I like to yeah. I like to make my own with flavors. Yeah, I, I'm only strawberry because my face is red. Other than that, I mean, I like strawberries. I don't like strawberry milk. That just that just does not sound good. But I had a Jake never comments on the show, so I had I had to get that one up there. <laughs> Um, okay, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Let's go natural here. Uh, who do you think are the starting five offensive linemen to start the season? Well, I rattled mine off. Go ahead. Who, who do you think? Yeah, Maybe. I think it's going to be Jonah at left tackle. I think it'll be Spain at left guard, but I could see Suofilo. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Trey is going to be ready for week one. If not, I would predict Price, but I'd yeah. give like a 20% chance. 20% chance that Trey Hill could play center week one. Dude, I, I think that 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 that's a sleeper just pick in general. Yeah. I think he's gonna be a, a, a definitely a future center, or maybe a future center, but definitely a future guard for us. So go ahead, sorry. Yeah. 
And, yeah, and right guard, right tackle are easy. I think that's going to be Jackson Carmen and Riley Reef. Right. Yeah, I, I like Spain a lot, to be honest. I mean, I love I, – I, the man came in, you know, the first week in Tennessee game, and then he, he didn't start, but he came in, what, the second series or a couple plays into the second first series? Yeah, yeah second the, series uh, came in. And, he, and say, look, The guy we had at left guard was getting toasted. By <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Shocking, right? <laughs> so he came in and he, and he played He played great. I mean, I'll say great. He played really well. I'll put that way, not great. He played really well, and he played – Oh, they even put him at tackle, and he played okay. So, I, I mean, I'm looking for. I mean, I'm, there's nothing against Serfilia. I, I think he, uh, uh, when they got Spain and they got Serfilia back from injury, to me that solidified the guard play. To be honest, I, I think the guard play got better. So you're taking both, you know, those two guys who are two best guards to to battle out for one spot. I my edge is towards Spain, but may the best guy win. It doesn't matter to me. Whoever you know, is the best one to put in there, but I really like Spain a lot. So that's who I would think they put in there, but I, I don't know. Do you think they're going to um, sign any more offensive linemen, you know, for, for backups or anything? Or what's your feeling on that? Main one I could see uh, is just a swing tackle like Ricky Wagner, uh, okay. just because it's a Hakeem Adenogy and Fred Johnson who I'd be fine with, I guess, but I wouldn't mind having somebody more um, – somebody more experienced to be a swing tackle. Exactly. I'm trying to – the chat is blowing up. Jake just took it over, and everybody's talking about milk. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jake. <laughs> Chocolate milk, strawberry milk. I'm like, oh, my goodness. We're talking football, people. <laughs> All right, let's get to um, what do you think about this the season? Like, uh, the schedule came out, and I took a shot. I put mine out there. And then, like I said, I always look at everything – with orange sunglasses on. So this is mine. I got 11 and six. And the reason I say this, the only reason I say, because I was planning on, I've said this, I thought Joey Burrow would be uh, great at game one, you know, and I think jackpot Joey is the best quarterback in every single game, except for two. And that's, you know, Aaron Rodgers, if he either plays for the Packers or if he goes to Denver, whichever one he's going to. And then you got Kansas City. Now I do have us beating Kansas City because, which is, I know everybody's like laughed about that, but I don't see it. We can't lose three games in a row, <laughs> you know? So, I don't know. What 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 is your – you got any prediction on the schedule, or what, what do you think about the schedule? I haven't gone game by game. Uh, I really love, would love if we beat Kansas City. I'm not oh, going to yeah. predict that one. <laughs> 49ers, too, that's a rough one. But I guess they could be starting Trey Lance, and he's a rookie. So Yeah, I, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I mean, Grappolo might be hurt by then again. I think the Broncos and Packers just matters if Aaron Rodgers gets traded to the Broncos. Right. <laughs> they beat the Packers without him. Oh, um, definitely. I've been thinking nine and eight, probably. I think this is the year that we turn into a pretty good team that's ready. And then next year is the year that we compete. I'd love 11 and six. I think it's possible. 10 and seven is possible. But to me, it's like nine, eight, eight and nine. It's hard to figure out with the new 17 games. Yeah, but. yeah exactly. Well, I mean, the good thing is we're, we're not killed. I mean, it's not a torture rack to start the season. I mean, it's the Vikings and the Bears and Squealers are down and Jaguars. I mean, the only the really rough game could be Green Bay. I mean, Chicago could be rough depending on who the quarterback is, but I still think that we could go in there and, and win. I mean, I think we really do have a, a realistic shot of being 3-0 going into that Green, Green Bay game. And then that's it. You got the Lions. Or 4-0, sorry. And then you got then you got the Lions. That's another uh, win, I think. So I mean, it could be we could get off to a really good start. 
And then it's it's backloaded, you know, the end of the season. I mean, like you say, you got San Francisco, then Denver, then the Rappers, Kansas City, and the Clowns again. So that's where, you know, either way for them to have a successful season, I think they need to get off to a really good start. Yeah, we're set up for that. And the thing with strengths of schedule is just that it doesn't account for in- injury or anything. So those real tough back half teams, if there's an injury – say Patrick Mahomes sprains his ankle and they're already set up to be the division winner, they might not play him that game. And that becomes a lot easier of a game. Same with like Lamar Jackson late in the season with the Ravens. So Mm -hmm. there's easy chance of like one of those games that we think is near impossible becomes suddenly very possible to win. Exactly. Jennifer asked me, what's my, what's the most exciting game uh, of the season? What's the game you're most excited, excited to see this season? I'm an out-of-market guy. I actually live an hour from Pittsburgh, which is terrible for me. (laughs) But uh, I'm going to be coming to the Jags game, so that's the one I'm most excited for, to see Burrow against uh, Lawrence. Hopefully, that looks like a very winnable game for us. I wouldn't be shocked if we lost, but I'd be upset. I'd be ticked, yeah. I mean, that's our only primetime game, too, which that was also kind of surprising to me that we only got one. Now I know everybody's like, well, we can get a flex, which I I do think – if the if they do what I predicted, yeah, there's gonna be a lot of games that that get flexed to Sunday night and and Monday night now. But I but that one is a very it that one's gonna be a lot of stories Jacksonville and 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 the Bengals because you got the the past two number one overall picks, you got the the the, the quarterback who who couldn't play for Ohio State. You know they chose somebody else. And Joe Burrow's gonna go go, go get um I can't not Jim Trussell yeah Irv Meyer thank you uh, Irv Meyer. And that, that whole thing is going to be interesting with the storylines and everything. And will Tim Tebow be a tight end? <laughs> Who knows? That could be the bigger story of, of, of all of it. I have no idea. But I, I am looking forward to that one. And um, when you come to the game, look us up. We're, we'll be tailgating. Either will be down at the uh, Bengal Gym's tailgate or at the Bomb Squad. I'm down in Section 158, so you can uh, check me out. We can have some fun and have some beers and watch the Bengals win, hopefully. All right, Arrow. The easier schedule to start can build up confidence and beat more difficult teams. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I'm saying. I, that's why I like the way <clears throat> the schedule is like I think the sixth most hardest in the NFL, they say. But the way it's set up, I think it's set up for the Bengals to to be successful. And it's not a gauntlet when they first start off. I mean, they're tough teams, don't get me wrong. But uh I I, I think they they have a very good shot of getting off to a very very good start. And let, let's get into uh the defense here, and I refuse to call him by his real name. I call him Lou Armadillo until <laughs> he gets my defense. Or and, and Lou, I've said this many times, I will gladly call you by your right name once you get the defense going. But in his defense, I think this is the deepest he's had on the defensive side of the ball, plus it's all his guys. So he won't have anybody else in there chirping, you know, that's not the way we did it, or that's not going to work, or what, whatever, you know, has happened in the past. So what's your feeling on the, the defensive line, you know, inside, outside, the guys they got? What, what, what's, your, what's your feeling on that? Um, I feel in between on it because it is that we have Lou, who hasn't shown really the ability to um, – his situational coaching is my biggest problem, playing yes. like middle of the field, closed cover one against – uh, the Browns to end the game, and there's no help outside. Yeah, he just backs up all the time and just. Uh, just yeah. He's not aggressive at all. That's what. That's the part that drives me. He's not aggressive at 
all. So I think I think there's definitely a chance we could be a middling defense. I think there's even a chance that we could be pretty good. It, but I think a lot of that comes down to what's Marion Hodges going to do like on defensive line? Is he going to design the pressures? Because that's another right. big problem I've had with Lou is that mm -hmm. his pressure designs are terrible. I mean, he's right. dropping Carl Lawson. When he wants to bring a, a zone blitz, he's, he's dropping Carl Lawson into coverage. And it's like, that's our, that's our best pass rusher. Uh, all right, no, that, that, that one right, right there. That's I'm like, what sense does that does that make? He's the only he's the, him and Hubbard were the only pass rushers we have. But yeah, let's drop him back in coverage. I'm like, what? So yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. Good. Yeah. Um, and then there's a lot of unknowns with like uh, the linebackers. Are they going to take a step forward? Uh, is Jesse Bates going to stay like the best free safety in the league? Uh, right. Will Chidobe Awuzier and will he play better with a good safety behind him instead of a guy that's just trying to take heads off? Right. Uh, the defensive line, there's a lot of young guys there. And Ogajobi was inconsistent in Cleveland, but maybe he finds something here. So if everything hits, all the head, all the coin flips land on heads, Right. then this defense could look really good. If it's in between, I think we're going to be looking at an average defense, but it shouldn't be terrible, I don't think. There's enough there. And I'm really excited about the run defense. I think you look at Tyler Shelvin at nose tackle. Big daddy by you. DJ Reader outside him at, at defensive tackle, and you've got – uh, Larry Young and Joby on the other side. I mean, that's nasty to run against. I think that's going to do wonders against Baltimore. And you also got Mike Daniels too. So don't forget about him. I, know oh, he's, I love Mike Daniels. Yeah, <laughs> he's one of he's my favorite player. Yeah. Man. He's I mean he's awesome. As long as they stay healthy, I, I think our run defense is is going to be stout because if you look at the Rat Birds and the Clowns, they didn't beat us by throwing the ball. They they beat us by running the ball. And if everybody can stay healthy and we can stop the run, I think we got a, a, a better shot of of beating them because they just ran all over us. And that was that, one of the biggest was, problems. I thought week 17 was the most embarrassing game for Lou Armadillo. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Lou Armadillo, he stayed uh, too high, didn't bring a safety down, and they ran for 400 yards. He never right. adjusted. He never no. adjusted and brought Bondell right. down into the box. Yes. It's, it's like they're, they are the least pass-happy team in the league. We mm -hmm. don't need to be playing this. And – well, we look, we gave up 400 yards, almost gave up an NFL record. All right. I mean, the, the one, the game that really uh, just, oh, I, I know people watch me every day. I talk about this all the time, but the Indianapolis Colts game, we're up 21 to nothing. And I know Jackpot Joe was like, oh, it was on me. I threw the interception. We were up 21 to nothing. <laughs> they, they, all of a sudden, I mean, they were stopping the Colts, and all of a sudden, we couldn't stop them. And how many times did we see a tight end or wide receiver or running back? run right over the middle of the field, and there's not a Bengal within five yards of them. And they just, whoop. I'm like, and, it, and I could see that on TV. Why couldn't Lou? Yeah, it's what was crazy to me is that we started dropping eight into coverage. Instead of rushing four, we rushed three. And mm -hmm. we were still not giving up yard. We were still giving up separation and yards. Right. It's like, there's something wrong here, man. This defense shouldn't be this bad with eight people in coverage. Yeah, exactly. And that that's – that's the part that scares me with this whole thing. I, I, I'm actually pretty excited. I think I think Zach Taylor is actually a, a fairly good head coach. I think he's better than uh, what people give him credit for. Just Lou scares me. I, I, I'll just be flat honest. That he he scares me because just like, like we just talked about here, his schemes and what he did and what I've heard from different um, media guys, people who who break down film and you're better at way better at the stuff than I am. Like just like you were saying is Lou doesn't uh, adapt, adapt to his players. It's kind of, it almost sounds like he does it this way, 
And you got to do it this way instead of trying to put your players in the best position for them to succeed. Like, what are you? What is this player good at doing? And it seems like Lou looks at it like, okay, this is the position you play. This is what I want you to do. It doesn't matter if you any good at it or not, but this is what you're doing. And to me, a good coach coaches to what his players are good at. And I don't see Lou doing that. That's like I said, that's the only thing that really scares me about this season. Yeah, I think that both Lou and Zach have shown um, just problems with situational coaching. Lou has had more problems, and I think his scheme in general is fine. He wants to play Jesse Bates alone, single high, and let him run sideline to sideline, and he's amazing at that. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. Right. And then he lets the linebackers flow by getting these big defensive linemen, and I think that's good too. We don't really have linebackers that should be – sprinting down and taking on a guard, throwing him aside and trying to make the tackle. So mm-hmm. I like some of the stuff he does. I don't think he's a lost cause. I just think what we really need is um, we need him to get better situationally. And for pressure designs, we pretty much probably need Marion Hobby to take over. Cause I yeah. like what the Dolphins did last year with that. Yeah. They were doing some fun stuff against us. That's how right. Kyle Noy got three sacks. Uh-huh. So he brings some of that here. I mean, we're looking at a much improved defense. Right, and, and the thing is, they they've got the talent. I mean, I, I love the the like I said, we talked about the guys up the middle, the edge guys we got with Osai now and Sample and Hendrickson and Hubbard, and I mean, uh, we're going to have a rotation again, and I, that's if all these guys work like I think they will, it could be a rotation that we had when we're going to five straight playoffs. You know, everybody can get to the quarterback, and, and if not, we have two guys like Hubbard can play inside and outside, Sample can play inside and outside, so it gives you a lot of different. Uh, adjustments and a lot of different ways that you can use to get these guys to the quarterback. You know, and that's what, where I'm hoping, <laughs> you know, we're talking about schemes. Hopefully they can figure out the right schemes to get these guys in the right positions. Yeah. And I think Mike Hilton should help a lot in uh, bringing pressure yes. too. He's yes. probably one of our best pass rushers. Yeah. Which is crazy it, from a nickel cornerback. It, it, even though the video I showed uh, was, was, was mixing a uh, blocking them, but still, <laughs> <laughs> he's still he's still very good. All right, let's get to the uh, chat here. Um, okay, Arrow. With that offense, all we have to do is keep up the opposing teams uh, or keep the opposing teams under twenty five points, which is dual because we're going to score thirty points a game. I've said thirty points a game. I've kind of backed down. I think I think we're scoring twenty five, but yes. But the thing is, if Lou, if you know, we had twenty one point lead <laughs> and he lost it, so. I agree with that to a certain extent, but to me, it's a big, it's a big year for Zach. In my mind, it's a big, bigger year for for Lou to to try to because Zach is at least like I give him all the credit and work for that Squealers win. He adapted to what his team could do, you know, and and they ran it to perfection. So that's where I always say Zach has shown the ability to coach to his players' ability. And the, to me, that's a smart and a good head coach. Like I said, Lou, I haven't seen that from. That's uh, I keep bringing up the same thing, but that's just what scares me. I think you also hear a lot more support from players for Zach than you don't. Yeah. You don't hear players that come out and say, "Oh, I love playing for Lou." Uh, <laughs> right. The only thing we've heard uh, is what Dunlap said, which wasn't positive. <laughs> no, I don't think I've heard one person say that. I mean, I've heard uh, like Joe Jackpot Joey's come out and you know he's got support for Zach. I mean, and Joe Mixon was fired up that Frank Pollock was here. So and that's another thing. I, I think he's going to have a breakout year because last time Pog was here, I think uh, pretty sure Nick Mixon uh, led the AFC in rushing. 
this is probably his best offensive line that he's had too. Exactly. I mean, not like he's ever had a good one, but no. But that's how, how nice it would be to watch him make a cut. His first cut would be beyond the line of scrimmage for once, instead of you know trying to dodge a guy in the back, uh, the backfield. Yeah, first guy he makes miss is a linebacker and not a defensive <laughs> tackle. Right, exactly. All right, um, Natty says, how do you think they will use a team Davis Davis Gaither this season? Uh, my guess is that he's going to be used in a similar role to last year. I think Logan Wilson's going to be the one to see an uptick in snaps. I think they're going to use Logan Wilson in base downs and in uh, nickel. Well, I think Gaither is going to be pretty much strictly the nickel linebacker that replaces Jermaine Pratt, which I think Pratt's actually fine in coverage. So I think all three of them have potential. Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually really excited about, with Logan Wilson. I, I When they first drafted him, there was an offensive lineman out of Houston. I can't remember his name right now. He's uh, the Josh one. Josh Jones? Yes. That was it. I wanted them to draft him because we needed an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. And when they drafted Logan Wilson, I'm kind of like, who? <laughs> I, did, I never heard of him. I didn't you know, play to Wyoming. I, I had no clue who he was. But he didn't get to finish the year last year. He got injured just like oh, <laughs> half the Bengals did. But I was impressed with him for a rookie year. I, I think he he did very, very good. And I, Davis Gaither, I think, did good too. I think those two are are you know, one, two future linemen. Um, do you think they're going to uh, bring back – or do you think they're going to bring any other veterans in on the linebacking core? Because are they just going to go with the young guys? There's another thing I could see. I could see them bringing back Bynes or bringing in like a Quan Alexander or something. Just somebody that's a veteran, probably not going to take like 50% of the snaps like Bynes did last year, but somebody that – like a leader because it's a really young group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I would like them to bring Bynes back. And people have blown me up on here. Why would you want him to do that? I said, because of the locker room. Because we need, I think we need a veteran presence in that uh, linebacking uh, room. Because, I mean, you're two, like I said, two guys that are probably going to start is, is uh, Logan Wilson and David. I'm trying to think Pratt might start. We'll, we'll see. But I, I think they really want eventually Davis Gaither to be to be the other linebacker. But if those two are the two you're relying on. They're two second-year players. And it would be nice to have uh, 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 him in there to because he's won a Super Bowl, he's been to multiple playoffs. Then they're done that, you know. It, it would help in situational stuff with the rookies. Yeah, I also think I think Bynes went underrated last year. I don't think he was bad at all. I think he was great at taking on run blocks. He's probably our best linebacker at doing that. Uh, it's just what everybody wants anymore. They want the pass cover linebacker. They want the guy that right. can cover tight end one on one. It's like he's not going to do that, but you still have value in a guy that can stop the run and exactly. his leadership and everything to keep the team together, be a leader, experience, everything like that. Well, just like we said, I mean, two the two teams that I think we have to, to get through in the AFC North are the, the Clowns and the Ratbirds, and they run the ball. And run. you can bring more guys in to stop the run, the better. They're probably like the top two teams that run uh, win run percentage. Maybe the Vikings are up there too, but yeah. it's – them maybe the 49ers but i don't know i don't know they're they're probably both top five i haven't looked at it i know the ravens are number one um but yeah well, the ravens got three running backs that are ridiculous <laughs> too i mean that's just they, i mean then, then you got lamar jackson too so i mean they, they got four running backs if you you know not, not to say lamar jackson's not a quarterback he's a quarterback but he's a really good running runner too so <laughs> but uh, jackson's probably the scariest quarterback to go against as a defensive coordinator just like you could cover everybody perfectly and if yeah and he just makes something happen. <laughs> makes something happen. That sucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's done that a lot against the Bengals. And we haven't beat him yet. And that's that's the thing. That's why on my schedule, I, I have us losing to him because he, he's beat I think they beat us, what, 
six in a row or something like that now, I think. Yeah, we we haven't even been that close lately. No, I mean, no. that's the thing that's scary to me. It's mm -hmm. like we haven't even been that close to them. I think that's I think it's almost a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction to bring in Shelvin, bring in Ogan Joby. Like we're stopping them this year. <laughs> They're right. not gonna run over us. Exactly. Well, that's the other thing too, is we're up to to our wide receiver core and, and, and drafting chase. I don't I think our three wide receivers are better than any any secondary that the Browns, the Clowns, or the Rappers have. I, I that's where I think that we can get out on them quickly because I, I my personal opinion is that Chase Higgins, Boyd, Omai are better or not potentially could be better than Chad, TJ, and Slim. What do you think about oh, that? <laughs> uh, it could be. <laughs> I love what, Chad. I'm not gonna. <laughs> uh, oh, I love Chad. Chad's my dude. I love Chad. Yeah. I'm. I, I think they potentially could be. Oh, let's put this. It could be. Uh, let's have, put it this way. They I could think be as good three, as three wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Sure, I think I could see them being better. I don't know if Chase can be as good as Chad because I think Chad was a near Hall of Fame talent. I mean, he was so good. Oh, uh, Chad! Chad would have been a Hall of Fame if he could have kept on that same trajectory that he, he was on for at least another. I would say four years. He would be. Yeah, we'd be talking about him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and. um only thing that scares me with Baltimore is they do have really good cornerbacks. I mean, they've got Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, and those are both all pro level guys. So they're but the, that's one the thing, team. though. If you can spread them out and go five wide, you're going to be able to find a, a mismatch somewhere in there. You know, that, that's, I mean, I'm not saying every single time, but, you know, they're going to be able to hit something on them, I think. And if we can get mixing going, I, I think it's that, that to me, that's the key, too. Is getting mixing. You got to get mixing that run game going because you can't just drop back and pass it twenty five times. Yep, and their their defensive front's weaker than last year. They lost Ngakwe, mm -hmm. uh, Judon, uh, can't name who else, but Kalias Campbell's a year older. He's got to fall off at some point. I hope. Right. So well, their their offensive line isn't isn't as good because they got um, uh, who's the guy they got from the Villanueva? Yeah, right. Exactly. So I mean, we know how to beat him, and they tra they traded um. Oh, crud. They traded the other guy to, to Kansas City. Orlando so, Brown. Yeah, Orlando Brown. Thank you. So their offense line isn't as good as, as it was. So hopefully maybe the Bengals can actually get some pressure. But things you get pressure on, on Lamar Jackson, he'll freaking start running on you. So you gotta have a you gotta have a spy on. So that's where Logan Wilson or, or Davis Gaither or somebody gotta step up and be able to, to stop him. Well, the weird thing is the the best thing we did against him was we were bringing uh, Darius Phillips from the nickel, and mm -hmm. he was able to keep up with Lamar because we tried the spy thing with mm -hmm. all of our linebackers, and even I think we did it with Von Bell. But what what the problem is that Lamar's more athletic than them, so right. they he sees that those guys see him, they try to react, they try to get him on the angle, but Lamar breaks the breaks the angle. He breaks basically breaks the game. He's got like four two nine speed at quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's insane. So you got you got to have someone real fast in there to try to play spy. Yeah, and we'll talk about. I think the the first game that we played them, I'm, I think if I'm going I'm going off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure we actually kept Lamar pretty much in check as far as mm -hmm. running. He didn't he didn't beat us. It was That's the other with uh, Phillips. Yeah, Phillips, uh, did a great job at nickel cornerback. He was coming on blitzes. Sometimes he would drop into coverage and then have contained responsibility. It was really cool to see. I hope that we carry that on maybe with like Mike Hilton who's even better blitzer. Right. So he's athletic. He can blitz. He knows Lamar. The Steelers have done well against Lamar. Maybe he knows something. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, they, well, you, you can look at the, the playoffs. I mean, Lamar hasn't done very good in the playoffs. So whatever they do in the playoffs to defending, they should do it during the regular season. But if, if you can get that, that spy, you know, that they've had Phillips or Hill or somebody like that. And then you've added open Joby and you've added Bayou big daddy and you added, or well, not, 
and D- DJ Reader, but we'll actually hopefully get him for a full year. We actually can stop the run. That's the key to me to beating the Ravens. You know, you got to stop the run and make Lamar Jackson throw the ball. He can throw it, but he's he's not that accurate at it. Yeah, and I don't think their offensive coordinator is good at drawing up uh, passing concepts. I think that's been a problem for them too. He's great at drawing up everything in the run, but when it comes to the pass, I mean, he's right. he's one of the lower offensive minds at that. It's just a trade-off for them, I guess. But So if you get him in the third and 10, it's not a play-action game anymore. They can't just throw an RPO anymore. They can't run third and 10. You, they've got to draw something up, and I trust – Hopefully that Lou would be able to right. counter against that because it's it's somebody that <laughs> yeah <laughs> cross your fingers come on come on Lou pray to God pray to God <laughs> I think our guys can cover their wide receivers they don't have anything that right. special over there well, and that that that's been the, the the problem or the the Ravens have tried to get wide receivers in the offseason. Juju turned them down uh, T Y Hilton took less money to go back to the Colts I mean that tells you no wide receiver wants to go there one because Lamar isn't an accurate thrower. Two, they don't scheme very well to throw the ball. So, and that, that's that's the biggest thing that they're missing in their offense. So, if the Bengals can keep Lamar Jackson in there and they keep three at a monster and running back down, that, that you got a chance at, at, at winning right there. Now, uh, Chris wants to know how about uh, Marcus Bailey? He was our, I think, our fifth or sixth round pick last year, linebacker. Seventh. He was a seventh, seventh round pick. pick. Okay. Yeah. He's had a great career already for a seventh round pick, just making the team and playing games. Right, uh, I right. Think he's, I think he's all right. I, I don't dislike him. I think he's clearly a step behind our starting guys, though. It's just how I feel. It's just whether that's because he's been injured and hasn't had the reps to get into it yet. He didn't have many reps for us. So I don't know. I, I think he should make the team. I think he should be a depth guy, though. Just my personal opinion. He can I prove me wrong. I wonder if since we're back somewhat normal here and we have TAs and all that stuff, actual, you know, we're gonna have a regular training camp, sounds like. I wonder if that'll actually help him uh develop more. I know, I know there everybody says that you don't need all that stuff and players did did fine, but the the elite players, you don't really need preseason, you don't need all this stuff. But the guys like Marcus Bailey, stuff like that, they need the extra coaching and the extra playing time, and that's where the development comes in. So hopefully with everything that right, it's gonna be a, a normal offseason, it looks like. Hopefully that'll help guys like Marcus Bailey out to get better because he actually was, I think, uh, a higher ranked player coming out than I think he had a knee injury. Is, is, yep. Am I right on that? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah so he knocked him down. Yeah, so I mean he he could be a potential. I'm not saying starter anything. He's gonna be a, he's gonna be a backup for sure. But I I do I do like him. I, I do think he's got a shot at making the team, and uh, it, it's gonna be interesting. That's uh, we can at least have that this year. I mean we had rookie minicamp. I mean, I, I, I'm about you. I forgot, not forgot about rookie minicamp, but forgot what it was like and how long it was and all this. I'm like, wow, they're in Bengal uniforms and they're running around. This is cool. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't get that last year. I'm like, I'm so excited to see that. So that was that was awesome just for that, just to see some normality. All right, Hunter Moose says, who do you think will return punts this year? Darius Phillip, I think, is a, a very good, is a very good shot at doing it. What do you think? I'd like Phillips to try it. I just want a guy that's not going to fair catch him all the time. <laughs> that would be nice. Fair catch, <laughs> fair catch, Erickson. Yeah, and he 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 muffed a couple of them too. It's like your one job if you're just going to fair catch him, just at least catch him. <laughs> Dude, he fair he fair catch him on the five yard line. Like, what? Like, let, let, let it bounce. See if it goes in the end zone. I'm like, why are you fair catching it there? 
he uh, he would be so frustrating. Feels like we've always had that guy though. It's just yeah. we have at least one guy that's just gonna fair catch it. So I always got happy. I saw Pac Man back there. <laughs> Something yeah. happening. Right, exactly. Oh, Pac Man was gonna bring it out. That was <laughs> he wasn't scared. Well, yeah, you got a couple of guys that uh, you got Puka Williams. I know a lot of Bengals fans are excited to to see him, and he's gonna have a hard time making the team. You got him. You got Chris Evans, who I keep saying might be able to do it, but he's never done it in college. <clears throat> and from what I've been told, he didn't practice it in at the mini camp, so or rookie camp, so he might not. But I know Puka did, so he he could be an option. What, what are your thoughts on Puka Williams making the team and and just in general? I think if he's going to make the team, I think he's going to have to contribute on special teams because we have P. Ryan, we have Travion Williams, we have Chris Evans, and we have Joe Mixon set to probably make the team. So he probably has to return punts or at least do something similar if he wants to make the team. And he's fast. He's fast. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I'll be honest. I don't really watch the two. The, I don't watch these guys return punts that often. But right. <laughs> he's got game breaking speed. It looks like. Yeah breakaway speed so that's really what you're looking for somebody that can score a touchdown i think trent taylor yeah yep mm-hmm. yeah he's he's somebody that might do it but i also mm-hmm. saw he like fair caught almost all of his punts and i was like i'm rooting yeah. against him for this we don't we don't want that we don't, <laughs> I, 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 i'm not completely against fair catching but don't fair catch it on the five yard try to make i'm i want i'm always aggressive i want everybody to to go for it yeah i'm I'm always the guy that's on third down. Go for it, you know, unless it's you know, or fourth down, unless it's like fourth and twenty. I'm like, no, don't do that. But it's like you know, fourth and five. Which actually, that's one thing I like about Zach Taylor. Zach does it. Yeah. Zach went for it a lot, and I like that a lot. And we made it a lot. I mean, we, we were really successful. Yeah, we converted on a lot of fourth downs last year. Which that's that's what drives me nuts. Is I think Zach Taylor is a very aggressive go for it coach, and then you got Lou Armadillo, who's the exact opposite. You know, he's. Uh, it, that, he, he reminds me of, of, of the Marvin Lewis. And I, I love Marvin Lewis. Don't get me wrong. But Marvin Lewis would always play it to not mess up. You know, he he would not bend, don't break. Let's not take a chance. You know, let's not go for it, you know, going into halftime. Let's kneel it, you know. All, and that's what Lou is like, I think. Zach, I think, is screw it, go for it, sling it. Let's see what happens. And I, I, that's what I really love about Zach Taylor. And that's what scares me about Lou because I just this whole just not being aggressive is is not a good thing it seems to me that the teams that are more aggressive in the right positions or at the right times are the ones that go that go far yeah you look at um I mean just to look back at the Ravens example again they're one of the teams that started going for on fourth down all the time and they've been very successful I think I think there's always been a balance, though, right? Because Zimmer was kind of balls to the wall aggressive yes, too. I love Zim. Oh, God, I wish you start our our D coordinator. I love Zim, but go ahead. Yeah. Although we see him as a head coach, it's like he's not he's not like that on offense. He wants to run yeah. the ball and punt on fourth downs. Like yeah, you know, Zim. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he he he's. It's funny when you, you know, obviously there's a difference from being the coordinator and being the guy. You know, when you're defense coordinator, you're gonna, you can take a little bit of the blame, but all the blame is going to go to the head coach, no matter what you did. They're going to blame the head coach. Now Zim's the head coach, and you know he, he doesn't have that same screw it, let's go for it. But you know, and that's why I mean, I'm a University of Cincinnati Bearcat fan, and I loved uh, Brian Kelly when he, when he was here because he would go for it all the time, and that is so much fun to watch. And it puts it puts fear in other teams that you know if we stop them here, you know they're going to go for it. So that's that right there that that mindset changes the way I think they defend third down because they're like you know. If they get this much, they're going to go for a fourth down. So 
that puts just helps. I think it helps the confidence and helps change the narrative of of the way teams would defend against the Bengals because of that. Yeah, uh, third and five is no longer just a passing down. That that's uh, you could run to get to fourth and two. Mm-hmm. Um, third and ten. I mean, you don't just throw the sticks anymore. You could throw a seven yard gain, and now we're going for it on fourth and three. I, it really does. It adds the defense can't just defend the first down line on third down anymore. So that opens things up underneath. And I mean, I'm all for it. I'm all for going up for it on fourth down. I, I think it's a, I think it's been a great move to uh, across the league with everybody starting to go for it more often. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's, that's fun too. Yeah. Well, it, that's part of the analytics coming in. I mean, they, 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 that's, that's what's changed it. You know, and I'm not a huge analytics guy. I, I always think there's a, a place for it in sports. It's just you you got to balance it. You can't do be all in on a- analytics and or all in old school. You got to do it, you know, a balance. And I, honestly, I think I think Zach does a pretty good job of doing that. Now, uh, one real quick question here because it's about six twenty two, and I'll let you get out of here. Uh, Sam says Puka or Chris Evans. Um, do you? I'll just put it to you this way: Do you think Chris Evans is a Geo two Do you think that's the guy? that could replace you? Because I, I know we thought uh, Mackenzie Alexander was going to do that, and he didn't really get to pl- get a shot to play. Uh, if Between the two, I think I'd rather have – I haven't watched Chris Evans much yet because I'm going through the, our draft picks in order, and I'm just now at Trey Hill. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, there's a lot of them to get through. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But everything I've heard and read about Chris Evans, I really like him. I think he could be the, the Geo replacement, I guess. He's uh, already a good pass protector out of college, which is something you're looking for for somebody to replace Geo. And right. I've seen him catch not only short passes, but he's caught some deep balls before. And that's something you look for in a running back too. Is going to replace Geo, a guy that can do that. I also think he he could play you know some slot too. I, I you know I think he's got the the hands and the and the the adeptness to to do that. I mean not 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 saying your backup slot receiver, but I mean you could if he's out there you could break him out in, into that. Uh, sometime during the season. I think there's a lot of things that they can do with him. Hopefully they will, because I've said this a million times, I don't think they ever used Geo exactly to his full potential, which drove me nuts. Like, nobody did. Zach didn't do it. Marvin didn't do it. You know, it just, for some reason, nobody ever, you know, got him the ball out in space. And that, that was the thing. And Chris Evans might be the same way. Puka might be the same way. Who knows? But anyway, it's about 624. Sands, I want to thank you for coming on the show. It's been a lot of fun. We should do this again sometime. Tell everybody where they can fi- uh, find you in any podcast or anything that, that you were on. Really just go to my Twitter, Bengals underscore Sands. I'll be posting film reviews of our draft picks. I've got – I'm posting film all the time and breaking it down. So anytime you – if any of you guys want to see some mostly Bengals-related film, uh, come check it out, and you'll find everything else from there. I mean, I post whenever I'm on a podcast, anything. So thanks for having me on. We'll have to do it again soon, yeah. No problem. Thanks, Stance. And who day? Who day? Yeah, I retweet a lot of a lot of his stuff because I always think that's interesting. I, I I can talk it, but I can't break it down like he can. You know, once 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 I see it in the way he breaks it out or Matt breaks it down, it makes a lot of sense. And I'm like, oh, okay. That then then helps me get better at discussing things with different uh, Bengal fans and uh, just football fans in general. So I want to thank uh, the Facebook groups that let me live stream. And they do it every single day, and I appreciate them. They are Hootay Nation, which is a great Bengals group. I think 
I think they're at 15,000. I'm not sure. I know they're awful daggone close. And the cool thing is we're getting, I think we're starting to get Bengals family into this group. So if you guys are related to a Bengals player and you are in Hootay Nation, welcome to the group. It's a great group. You're going to have a lot of fun. There's a ton of season ticket holders in there like me. We got Bengal Jim that's in there. Uh, Josh, it's his group. He does a great job. So if you are a Bengals mom, Bengals dad, welcome to the group. And you have uh, Cincinnati Reds riding third, heading for home. Another great Cincinnati Reds group. You can check them out. Hopefully the Reds will win tonight. Uh, got Wiley Miley pitching. I mean, like I said, he's been our most consistent pitcher. I know uh, Crown Apple has been blowing me up saying that we need to bring up Hunter Green. Hunter Green needs to stay down in the minor leagues for a whole year, Crown. The reason being, he had Tommy John surgery. He needs to work on his other pitches. He hasn't. They didn't have minor league baseball at all last year. Leave him and Lodolo, both of them, down there. Let them get another full year in the minor leagues. Uh, and, and trust me, it'll help in the long run. You know, you don't want to bring them up too early, and I just don't think. You don't bring them up right now. They're, Hunter Green has a chance to be great. I don't want to screw him up. So, anyway, that's my Reds rant. Uh, Bearcat Country, I'm hoping next week I can get Chad Brendel on the show and we can talk about some of the recruits. It's looking like Wes Miles is putting together a fairly decent team. Um, we might be competitive. I mean, we've got three shot blockers now. We've got a couple guards, big men. I, you know, it's starting to come together. Um, hopefully, what I'm curious about with with West Miles is what kind of team is he going to establish? And I think it does. It definitely depends on the talent that he has, but I think he's going to be more like a Mick Cronin. I think he's going to be defensive oriented, but I'm hoping the only problem I ever had with Mick is our offense. We never had enough offense. You know, we could defend anybody, but we couldn't score sometimes. So hopefully, West can defend like Mick does because that's Cincinnati brand. Bearcat basketball, we're, we're tenacious. We play defense. Hopefully that's what West will do. I think that's what he's trying to do with the, the three shot blockers and the guys he's picked up. Um, we just got to score. Davenport, I'm telling you guys right now, he if he improves upon what he did last year, because last year was a horrible year as far as just trying to play college basketball. And Michael Davenport got better. So if he can even approve upon that, and we play some defense, we might have a pretty good team. So, anyway, check out Bearcat Country. It's a great Bearcat group. The Ohio State Bucknuts. I know my boy Jeremy D is a huge Buckeye fan, and hopefully he'll be able to join the show tomorrow. Like I said, he got the uh, COVID vaccine, so he's not feeling too good. He's kind of talking like this. So, my guy's probably not a good idea to come on a show when you sound like this. So, Jeremy, if you're watching, brother, I hope you uh, feel better. I'm keeping you in my prayer. So, Feel better. Come back on the show and let's have some fun. We can FSU some stuff up. And uh, then you got the Ice Bar, which is my show page. It's a virtual bar. I post a lot of stuff on there. Silly memes, silly TikToks, stuff like that. We can have conversations on there. Um, you don't have to have a conversation with me. You can have a conversation with everybody. Man, it's just a rare, fun, interactive uh, virtual bar page. And then you follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, uh, Twitter. The handle is Jeff A. Trenopole. That's T-R-E-N-N-E-P-O-H-L. I'm on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, the handle there is Iceman90. I'll be pulling off the sound later on today uh, and putting it up there. So if you can't watch a show for an hour, 
you can listen to it. Uh, I'm on BeanPod, Apple iTunes, Spotify, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you rate, like, and review. Download it. Tell your friends about it. Give me a five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it. That is blowing up. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a consistent 10 to 15 to 20 uh, subscribers uh, or downloads to the podcast, and that is awesome. YouTubers. We're at 1,116. That is awesome. Let's get it rolling. Try to get to 10,000. Try to get to 100,000. Tomorrow, I got a guest. Now, I was on a podcast this weekend, and it is called FU We Like the Bengals. And I had an absolute blast with Alex. I hope I was, I keep saying Sherbert. I have th- it's Schobert, I think is how you say it. Anyway, Alex, if I mess your name up, I'm sorry. But if you guys have not checked out the podcast, FU, we like the Bengals. We and me and him talk for about an hour and a half. And it wasn't just about the Bengals. We talked about the Bearcats. We talked about the Reds. We talked about the Bengals. It was a blast. So do me a favor. Download mine. Watch mine. Listen to mine. And then go and check out FU and download theirs and check it out. And let's see a couple more comments here real quick. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, Sam says uh, Jesse Bates' uncle joined Hootay Nation. So Jesse Bates' uncle, welcome to Hootay Nation. So uh, that is awesome. That's what I love. Like, I think it's so cool that that's how cool this gr- group is getting that we're getting Bengals family on the show. So if any of you Bengals family are watching, please tell your guys come on my show. I'm fun. I'll be. I- I'm fun to hang out with. We talk Bengals. It's all positivity here, baby. I don't. I don't. I don't bang on my Bengals. I love my Bengals. Anyway, other than that. Check us out tomorrow. Hopefully, Jeremy will be back. And other than that, as Jeremy would always say, remember, every all together now, ready? Remember one thing and one thing only, and that is you don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati, so act like it. Who day? Let's go, Reds. Let's get a win tonight. You need to go on like a six-game winning streak and get into first place. And other than that, that's just sports, baby. See ya! The show's about to start. Are you ready?